Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. I am your host. My name is Memphis. You can follow along on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And tonight, We are kicking off our 2021 rookie coverage. We are playing in the rookie five-question game, running back edition, when none other than Mr. Ray Garvin, you know him as Ray GQ. And this next guy, you know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. His name is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is up? Randall, not only are the playoffs starting and we are starting to get into the championship glory that we so desire. But we're a dynasty show. What are we going to talk about? Who's good in the playoffs? That's a hey, dumb man, match. That, 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 that doesn't help nobody. It don't help no. Let me tell you something. If, if, if you have questions about who to pick up, rankings, player, go, go see my man Kyle. Kyle yeah. August at the FF Smackdown. He's got you dialed in. Tune, tune back in here on Friday. We'll have Kyle. Um, the, the evil Kyle, evil Dr. Kyle and Maddie Big Chest, they'll be hitting you with the MRI, the most reliable injury report, as well as the flex cast with Maddie and Dr. Kyle. Don't sleep on a man. Don't sleep on him and don't sleep on the dynasty war zone. We are just getting this thing popping, man. We, we love dynasty. We're here for it. And when everybody else is starting to take their foot off the accelerator, dude, we're, we're pinning that dude to the floor. We're talking. And you know what we're talking about? What are we talking about? Not only are we talking about rookies, we're talking about rookie running backs, man. We love is running there, backs. Is there anything more polarizing in this game? No, there is not. And the I man we so. are bringing on in a little bit. <laughs> that man's Ray. That man's Ray Garvin, man. We're gonna have a ton with Ray here in a little bit. He's gonna be breaking down five running backs, five questions per running back, about thirty minutes of some of the most must listen to content. Uh, as it relates to rookies, get ahead of the competition, create your draft board, 
And uh, speaking of boards, Jerry, do you know what's going on at Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone? Oh, enlighten me. Rankings. Everybody for years. Now, I've been in this space. You were in there around the same time as me. You go back to the FF260. I I go back to the Dynasty Football Factory, and I have been hounded, poked, prodded, and pried for rankings for years. I tried them last year when our good buddies at the Dynasty Happy Hour were still running their website. But here's the deal. We have our top 12 running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and then overall in a startup over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. I just posted them before we went live with this podcast tonight, and we have got a t-shirt giveaway tomorrow. That's going to be the Patreon podcast. I got a little uh, 10-minute quick hitter pod as well as the wheel O names to win a t-shirt from our friends at Viridian Global. Um, you can check them out at V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, Viridian Global. And uh, you can check out the shirts that you could win if you were a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And a couple of things real quick because I do want to cover just a little bit of the Jalen Hurts news before we bring on Ray. Please leave us a five star. Yeah, I know Christmas is coming up. You got a Christmas list. You, you've checked it twice. You got some gifts to buy. Maybe you can't afford a, 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 to, to, to spend the extra dough on a Viridian. Maybe you're going to join the Patreon in January. Look forward to having you then. But the freest, easiest way to help us out, along with Maddie, Dr. Kyle, go over to iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. That's free. That, that helps us grow. And leave us a five-star rating and review. And we'll even trade you. Jerry, when you're a little kid, you strike me as the kind of guy that would rip off a fellow a fellow student there in the lunchroom. You know, I'll give you my bologna sandwich for your square piece of pizza. Um, we'll, we'll trade you, man. We'll trade you. You, you do a five-star review for us. You send us your, your trade in the comments. Uh, give us as much detail as you can. Superflex, 1QB, wh- whatever the scoring format is. We'll answer it right here. Before we talk rookies next week. We'd answer your we'd answer your, your your trade question. So we got that going on in there, Jerry. But I'm going to throw this cinder block to you. You ready? Yeah. You're you're a drowning superflex owner. You have Carson Wentz. You're dying. You're, you're asking for a life preserver. But here comes Doug Peterson. Instead of handing you that that floaty thing that's white with the red stripes on it, he's going to drop you a cinder block. Here you go, Carson Wentz owner. What do you make of the Carson Wentz story? Before I go on, one of my patented Memphis rants. Uh, I'm like, oh, what are they doing? Is my question because they're, I mean, they owe him money, and it's not just for this season; it's for next season, and I'm pretty sure it's for the season after that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I mean, I'm just not a believer in Jalen Hurts, so I, I, I don't really know. I think he's going to struggle. I don't know if it's a kick in the ass. I don't know what it is. But if you're going to go on a rant, I mean, Carson Wentz is your dude, so you, you go right ahead. I will sit back. I will mute this. Let me just get ready to be entertained, my friend. Well, first of all, let me start from the front office standpoint. The Eagles organization fucked themselves. I don't know a nice way to put it. They, they, they bent over, they grabbed their ankles and said, who's driving? Because here's the thing. Any potential trade partner that you had now knows that you have questions about him. You gave up, I think it was six draft picks to Cleveland. You gave the guy $120 million. And even if you wanted to move off of him, cool. All you had to do, all you had to do, Philadelphia, was keep running him out there for the next four games. Just run him out there. 
Just run him out there. By hook or by crook, you're 3-8-1. and one. You ain't going anywhere but to the top 10 of the NFL draft. And don't sell me this horse shit that, oh, we got to see what you got in Jalen Hurts. You want me to tell you who you got in Jalen Hurts? Here you go, guys. Get your pencil. Get you, a, get you a slice of paper. Here we go. He's the guy that Nick Saban benched in the halftime of the national championship game because he knew he couldn't pass the ball well enough to get them back in them game, back in that game. So he too turned to young Tua Tungavailoa because he knew Jalen Hurts couldn't do it. And then Jalen Hurts transferred to Oklahoma where they play very little defense. And every NFL draft expert that I follow, not the ones on Twitter, but the real ones that actually worked with the NFL teams. And they said, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and, and how much do I believe in the Philadelphia organization? I'll tell you how much I believe in the Philadelphia organization. These are the some bitches that passed on DK Metcalf and JJ and uh, Justin Jefferson to draft JJ Ortega Whiteside and Jalen Rager. Now the jury's still out on Jalen Rager. <laughs> Just, just say those just, names just say it out loud. for me. Say, say it out loud. Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf for Jay Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Preach it into existence. So I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I like Carson Wentz. I'll be the first to admit that I didn't think that he would get benched. I own that. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, well, I'm here. Here we go. Because if you have a confident front office, there's no reason they should. Let's say you want to get rid of him. What narrative are you setting now? He's a backup. What value are you going to get? If he was your starter continuously, that would have increased his value just on perception alone. Now where's they know the, you don't want him. Where's the best landing spot for him? Back with the guy who made him great, Frank Reich in Indianapolis. And you know what Chris Ballard's going to tell you when you come to, to Chris Ballard and say, hey, give us the same first you gave last year to get you know um, Buckner. Chris Ballard's going to tell you to get fucked. He's going to tell you, get fucked. I'll give you a second in 2021 and a second in 2022. Oh, and by the way, thanks for paying him $59 million of his contract, you dumbasses. Because that's what you're going to get told. That's what you're going to get told. Because you, as DJ Khaled would say, congratulations. You played yourself. All right, there, there's my rant. But if you have if you have Carson Wentz in, in Dynasty, in the Superflex, the best that you can do is just hold him. Same as, same as Sam Darnold. Their value's only going to re-inflate. I've already got the low-ball offers because I own a lot of Carson Wentz. It bees that way sometimes. And I'm just chilling. I'm chilling. I don't overreact. I, I knew this was a possibility when all this started happening. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to relax. And I'm going to let the situation un, un, you know, show us all of it. All right, Jerry, I got one more thing to cover before we bring on Mr. Garvin. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, so so we are going to be one of the first podcasts to the pulpit of the rookies in 2021. We're very proactive. We're not waiting until February or March. You know, this show will not go into mothballs, and we will not pack it away for a couple of months and then bust it back out in the spring. No, 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 that's not how it works here. But I want to remind you, the loyal listeners of the Dynasty War Zone. First of all, thank you. But this is Jerry and I not pretending to be something we're not actually doing. If I wanted to be a scout, and you're going to hear a nice little snippet of my man RJ in Vegas at the very end, it is your treat for making it all the way through the Ray interview, which is the treat in and of itself, but a little two-minute snippet at the very end with my man RJ in Vegas, because he's talking to one of his guys. His name's Steve Fezzik, one of the best handicappers in the world, and he starts throwing out scouting terms. 
And RJ just cuts him off at the knees. Just cuts him right off at the knees. He says, if you want to go to scouting school, we'll do that. Because you start hearing people throw around terms like arm strength and burst and shit they just heard on Twitter. They have no idea what it means and no idea how it translates to the NFL. And I will not allow that on this show. Jerry will not allow that on this show. You know what? You're going to see a lot of new. And that's very dangerous because we don't know if they're good or not. You know what? You, you might get bored with, man, Memphis, every year you have Ray Garvin on, and you have Nick Whalen on, and you have Shane Hallam on, and you have Kane Fasell on, and you have Travis May on. And you know what? I'm going to continue to have all those folks on. You know why? They have made me the successful dynasty player that I am today. Do we know who Terry McLaren is without Nick Whalen? No, we don't. We're late to that party like everybody else. But during that rookie process, Nick Whalen told us, Keep an eye on Terry McLaren, little wide receiver out of Ohio State. Two years ago, Shane P. Hallam told us about James Robinson. James Robinson, hey, just a name to keep on the back of your radar. So that way you, you have that name when your rookie drafts comes out. I rely on these guys. I rely on Ray, Shane, Kane, Travis, Nick, and Garrett Price. And I could go on and on and on. That's why you only see the same guys here at the Dynasty Warzone. Matt Waldman, Tyler Gunther, or I could go on. That's the list that you're going to see. Some of these gents will make a, re a repeat appearance here because they've always steered us correctly. They're not a guy who runs a, a an accounting firm by day and wannabe draft expert by night. God bless that guy. I'm a wannabe podcast host by night, but I know how to stay in my lane. I've been doing this long enough. I've helped enough people, and so has Jerry that we know what we know, we know how we can help you, and when we can't, we bring in SMEs. That's subject matter experts. So, Jerry, I'm fired up, man. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm super fired up. I think my stress level's to the moon. I don't know, Jerry. Listen, you, you taught me what uh, the acronym SME. I had never heard that before. Listen, I— You're a college professor. You've never heard SME? Never, never hurts me, but it's awesome, and I'm going to steal it like I always do, and that's my thing. Like the it, it is a bit of a bit that I do where I say that I steal from everybody. I'm not lying though. Like I, I, I legitimately have a pen and a paper, and I write down things. I we already interviewed Ray because we're nice, and you know we like to. They don't want to sit here through all this of us rambling. I have a page and a half of notes from the things that he said about the running backs today. Because that's what I do. I, I I use these guys because they are SME and they are experts in their field, and that that that's why I do it. And that's it's a bit, but it's true because these guys are smart, and you have to use everything at your whim to build a championship. And that's what I'm here for. I, I'm I'm not here to give people my money. I'm not here to have them text me pictures of them holding my dynasty championship trophy. I want to eat the fruity pebbles out of the top of that shiny bowl, goddammit. So I am going to do everything I can to do it. So so we we have got great, great guests lined up. I'm fired up to have guys like Ray on. But Jerry, we we have talked enough. It's time to go get that man. His name is Ray Garvin. Uh, before I get into his official intro, I will just remind you that you can follow him on Twitter at RayGQ. Jerry, let's get this man. Yes, let's do it now. Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. 
And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. All right, and guest season is upon us. And tonight's guest, the first guest coming out of the shoe is a big one. They say if you're going to go big, go big. And tonight's guest is Mr. Ray Garvin, a.k.a. Ray GQ. Now, who is Ray GQ? For those of you living under a rock, he is the creator of the Destination Devi, which is a must-follow for the people who don't know much about the college game. You are college game impaired like myself. He is also the host of the Future Cast. The Future Cast can be found on the Roto Underworld Network. And he can also be found, man, doing stuff with the teams at the DLF as well as the FTN Network. He wore a smoke visor in college. And he can be found on Twitter at RayGQ. Ray, welcome back to the show, my friend. The most important thing that you said there was I wore a smoke visor in college. Screw everything else, smoke visor, and I actually muffed a kick return in the game that I had it on, and the coaches yanked me and told me to take it off, and that was the end <laughs> of the smoke visor about week seven of the season. Now, I'm, a, I'm an, uh, like an Oakley Iridium visor guy, you know, like uh, like Odell Beckham Jr. wears, that, that Oakley piece. R- yeah. r- real, real sharp piece for uh, those that don't know but we're going to give you time at the end to promote everything um, but but tell us real quick about the destination devi i i mean you, you are someone who truly inspires me because ray not only from a fantasy and a dynasty standpoint ray and i are in some workout chats together we're in some other stuff but ray is the living embodiment of if you're not growing you're dying Ray is always reaching out. He's grown. You're doing an awesome show every Monday on the Roto Underworld Network uh, with Matt Kelly and the gang over there. That's a, a quick hitter. It's about 20-ish minutes, give or take, sometimes 15, sometimes 25. Just depends on the on the player. So you're doing that. You're doing all this stuff, man. What else is going on with you? I know you moved into a new home. Very busy yeah. man. Yeah, and I I just want to say I did not say uh, thank you guys for having me on. Really appreciate it. When you reached out and said, uh, would you come on this show? I was like, hell yeah. I I don't care how busy I am, man. I respect what you guys do, uh, respect the content, respect you guys as people. So I was going to make that happen regardless. But honestly, man, I'm just like everybody else, man. This year has been crazy for a variety of reasons. So we're just trying to, to finish it out. We're trying to stay healthy, spend time with our loved ones, and I think more so than anything, 2020 has just taught me, man, appreciate what you have while you have it, man. So working out having fun with this fantasy thing, trying not to take things too serious and uh, just, just keep my head above water, man. Well, you are killing it as someone who you're one of my favorites. Um, again, it's been said that a man or a woman that, do, that knows what they don't know knows a lot. And I know that I don't know a lot about college football, but I know you do. I know Nick Whalen does. I know Garrett Price does. And that's why 
you guys are must follow. So if you're tuning in on YouTube, if you're you're listening on a podcast, you got to get with Ray. You got to follow all of the stuff. He's going to have a chance to talk about his Patreon at the end of the show where you can link up with him. It's called the All Gas, right? Yeah, all right. yeah, All Gas, All Gas. I was muted, my bad. All Gas, All Gas. Uh, now, now listen, that is a, a staple of me. Don't you sweat that for one second. <laughs> yeah. J- J- Jerry listen, and listen, Larry and the listeners, they, Randy and the listeners, they just be hoping that I stay muted. So don't, don't feel bad on me. So Ray is going to be our guinea pig. He's going to be the first guest out of the shoe. And what we're going to do this year for the rookie season to get us familiar with five guys. Now, I'm a gym guy. Ray's a gym guy. We mix in some cardio. A great strength program is a five-by-five. Five Five sets of five, get your weight up. But we're going to do this a little bit differently in the form of some running backs. So we're going to hit him with five running backs, and he's going to hit us with five answers to five questions about each running back. So five running backs, five questions per running back, and we're going to do it in about 25 minutes. So we're going to do about five minutes per player. We're going to have Ray in and out of here in about 30 minutes. And we're going to learn a lot. Now, now this is not a deep dive. We are not getting into James Robinson and guys from Southwest Directional Utah State A&M. No, 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 no. We're going to stick with the big boys because we got to get familiar with them first. And then before we let Ray get out of here, he is going to do what we're going to call calling our shot. We're going to give him one shot to give us a small school guy to keep on our radar so that uh, no one sneaks by in 2021. All right, Ray, are you ready for your first running back? I'm ready to do it, man. Let's go. I'm going to, let, I'm going to give you the, the man that I know you're a big fan of. Um, there's a debate between Najee Harris and Travis Etienne as the 101, but if you follow Ray on Twitter... Like you are I well do. aware who he is going to talk he about. He is. So, so Ray, I'm first we're going to start with Najee Harris. He's a running back out of Alabama for those not in the know. Who is he? Who is Najee Harris? Najee Harris, man, he's, he's a big boy. He's a big boy, a, a former five-star recruit, one of the top players in the country coming out of high school, running back for Alabama, six foot two, 230 pounds, uh, senior running back at Alabama, big boy. Uh, I call these guys uh, TDTs, three down threats. He's a three down threat, can run the ball between the tackles on first and second down, and you don't have to pull him off the field on third downs because he is talented in the receiving game as well. Uh, mega producer playing at Alabama. We We can rattle off Alabama running backs, off the back of our hand, we're watching one this evening, Mark Ingram play right now towards the back end of his career. But we know that that normally Alabama running backs are, are normally have a chance to be pretty good at the next level. <clears throat> Not Trent Richardson, but uh, outside of that one, they've been pretty good. So Najee Harris, a big boy running back. I love the size profiles as a, as a true bell cow at the NFL level and one of my favorite prospects in this 2021 class. And for those not super familiar with, with Najee Harris, he actually kept another Harris, Harris, Damian Harris, off the field at times, as well as Josh Jacobs. Uh, extremely talented. So uh, our second question in our series of five questions is, what does Najee Harris do well? What can we look for uh, for him to translate his game to the NFL level? Yeah, I think one of the things that he does exceptionally well, almost better than, you know, just about every other running back in this class, regardless of size, is his footwork. I know at 6'2", 230, you, a lot of people think power and just being able to run through people. But yes, he can do that. He can push the pile. 
but he's a dancing bear. And I, I mean that with that's no hyperbole to, to have the footwork and the lateral quickness that he does at his size is truly it's it, when we watch players like Derrick Henry run the ball and pull away, you know, from defenders, 90 yards, 70 yards, 80 yards, we watch and marvel because somebody 250 pounds shouldn't be able to do that. Run away from defensive backs, Najee Harris, what he's able to do laterally at his size, his, his footwork is just, it's truly when you, when you watch the game and you study football player movements, it really is mesmerizing and, and just captivating to watch that style of play and to watch somebody that big be able to move laterally as well as he does. Um, it's, it's, it's impressive and it's fun as hell to watch, man. All right, let me, let me get you. I got to make you a little uncomfortable for a second here, Ray. Go ahead. Go ahead. A, a couple days ago, my man that's sitting here with us said that he would take Najee Harris over Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, and Zeke Elliott. That's that's some real stuff, man. So uh, let, me, let, me, let me get you uncomfortable, though. What's something that he does that maybe is lacking? Because, you know, not everybody is a perfect prospect. We all, no. we all see things. Is there, is there anything that this man does that, you just want to see it, or is this just something? You know, maybe you're waiting on the on the landing spot, something of that sort. Uh, I think his. You're right. There is no perfect prospect, uh, none. Uh, I think the closest one that we have may be in this class, but plays a different position. And I'm sure you guys will talk about him in the future. But one of the things that he is is not a a major strength of his is that Derrick Henry pull away speed, right? Uh, I, I do not believe that Najee's going to be able to run away from people for 90 yards. I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, that's not a strength of his game. And unfortunately that's something that he's not going to be able to correct. He just does not have elite home run hitting ability. But with that being said, he has more than enough burst, more than enough juice to rip off chunk plays. And in the NFL, uh, these running backs are rarely running 40 yards on end. So if there were one thing that he does on the field, that is, you know, a red flag or a little concerning. It is the lack of elite true home run hitting speed. And then the the second thing that I hear more so than anything that just really just frustrates the hell out of me, grinds my gears, are people talking about his age and how old he is and how old he is and how he's going to be. You know, I see these memes of people posting like grandpa pictures walking across the stage and for running backs and the shelf life that we really care about. I mean, after three to four years, you get five, you're, you're happy. That's that's cherry on top of the cake. Uh, so his age, he will be uh, 23 years old during his rookie season in the NFL. But let, let's be honest, though. You don't give a damn, do you? you I don't care. I, yeah, I, I, I do not care. I don't care at all. No. I, I, and I couldn't agree more because, I mean, I don't want to say age is just a number. It sounds very cliche, but we're going to use these guys as dynasty players on our team and we're looking for two to three. That's how I do. I, 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 with running backs, it's three year windows. I want to maximize for three years and then I want to move on to the next one. I don't, I don't want to have Todd Gurley's on my lineup. I don't want to have guys that all of a sudden yesterday were worth a million bucks. Today I'm lucky to get 50 grand for them. And it just, you know, you can extrapolate to whatever math you want to use. I don't care, but you, you can't lose 95% of your value overnight. So, I'm not looking to have him for 10 years. I'm looking to have him for three really good kick-ass years. Speaking of kick-ass, now, Ray, you this is why Ray's here, guys. We covered this in the intro. For those of you watching on YouTube, you're kind of seeing how the sausage is made behind the scenes of a podcast. But Ray knows football, 
And out of all the NFL schemes, is there a particular scheme that he would fit best in? Because I think what we lose sight of when me and Jerry as amateur watchers of football think, oh, yeah, I mean, this is great. They have a need at running back. He's going to be the 101. But sometimes you run, you know, you run power or, you know, whatever. You run whatever kind of offense. Whose offense or what kind of offense is Najee Harris going to fit perfectly in? Are we going to say on draft night, man, that's lock and key. That's hand and glove. Uh, wh- where is he going to fit in? Yeah, I think he excels. And we've seen Alabama sort of transition their offense from a, a power run scheme. And they run sort of this uh, zone gap blocking scheme up front where gives the running back a couple of different options, two-way goes. And that's why I'm able to highlight his exceptional footwork. When I look at an NFL fit for Najee Harris, I mean, we just saw this team play last night on Monday Night Football. And if he lands with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I I just, I believe that the city will love him. Uh, The coaches will love him. He will fit perfectly with that team. There are a couple of other landing spots that I think would make a, a ton of sense for a player like Najee Harris. But when I just, when I close my eyes and think about him in a backfield on a team in 2021, They've already said that James Conner, they weren't going to extend him. Benny Snell does not look good. Anthony McFarland looks like a complimentary back. And Jalen Samuels just does random things. Um, I, I think he would fit beautifully with that Steelers team. I love it. So that's whose job he's going to take. That's the fifth question. Whose job is Najee Harris going to take? He is going to take James Conner's job. Jerry, do you have anything on Najee Harris before we roll into uh, – the, uh, we'll call him the 101B. If Najee's the 101A, because this is not the deepest of classes. This kind of reminds me of 2019. I see Ray shaking his head. It reminds me of 2019 where you had Jacob Sa- Jacobs and Sanders at the top, and then it was a bunch of dudes. This feels very much the same. So, Jerry, anything before you roll into uh, Travis Etienne? No, I want to roll into that just because he's been getting hype forever. I mean, it, I mean, if you've been in Debbie circles – Motherfucker's been talking about Travis Etienne for years. So, and I know, I know Ray still likes my man, but he's also had to make this Najee argument with him over and over and over again. So I just, I just want to hear that. I want to hear it from the man himself. All right, Ray, who is not, excuse me, who is Travis Etienne? Travis Etienne, the ACC's all-time leading rusher at Clemson, a dynamic running back, speedster, uh, and not just a speedster. He does play we'll get to that. I'm trying to stay. I love, let me just say, I love this five for five thing because it keeps my ass on track because I just want to ramble. Right. But uh, a a phenomenal, phenomenal running back prospect. I I do not believe he's as he profiles as much of a three down back as Najee Harris does at the next level. And it's, it's not really his size. It's some of the other things that I've seen in his game, but uh, a player who's improved, you know, a player who in his true sophomore season had over 1,600 rushing yards as a true sophomore. And you think, how can you get better? Well, he does it again. And then how do you get better in your final season? Well, he adds more to his repertoire and, and starts to catch the ball out of the backfield and be explosive in the receiving game. So every year we've seen like a new evolution of Travis Etienne. So one of the top-rated running back prospects, and I think the battle for the the RB1 in the class really comes down to these two guys. All right, and uh, same same second question. What does uh, ETN do well? Whew, speed, baby. Acceleration. I, 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 I try 
One of the things that I hate about the fantasy space is the fact that every time we make a comp, it's to a Hall of Fame player. It, it's always <laughs> Bro, to a Hall time. of Fame player or an all-pro player or somebody at the top of the game. And I'm about to do just what I hate because uh, his acceleration, I'm not, I'm not comparing their play styles, but his ability to get from zero to 60 is probably on that Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson level. I don't know if it's his elite. I don't know if his straight line speed is four two four. I don't believe that, but I just mean his ability to get the ball and just go. That is fun to watch. Um, outside of that, I think his contact balance, man. Travis Etienne's ability to absorb contact and continue to run at his size because he's probably two hundred pounds and maybe sub two hundred pounds. And I see this dude take some shots in the hole and he just has like we watch Alvin Kamara do it every single Sunday just get hit and just contort his body and continue to matriculate the ball down the field so his acceleration his contact balance are are really outstanding and then when you were talking about him earlier you said there were some things that you saw in his game that maybe were a little bit of lacking just I mean I I don't want to take you down a rabbit hole I mean but if you do that would be great for me because I want to steal all that (laughs) info but just a little something, just something for anybody about what it is that separates him and Najee for you. Yeah, it's it's the feel for the game um, in between the tackles. Uh, Jordan Reed, somebody that I, I follow on Twitter um, from the Draft Network, that dude knows his stuff. You know, you guys were talking about me watching film. I mean, he played the game as well as a quarterback, so he sees things from a different level, and this is what he does. But he, he tweeted something out about a month ago that running back vision, it's a feel thing. You either have it or you don't. You can't coach that. You can't coach feel. You see it. And when I watch ETN run the ball between the tackles, there are times where I'm not joking, guys. Me, at Memphis, Jerry, we could run through some of the holes that Clemson creates because of the schemes that they run. I mean, they're just wide-ass lanes, man. And when he's forced to make a decision in the hole, more times than not, I see him run right into the back of his offensive lineman. I mean, just smack dad in the back of his offensive lineman. It just, it, I, I just, I'm not impressed with his ability to read his blocks, make decisions, and then go from there. Uh, he wins a lot on pure speed and acceleration. He's faster than everybody else. He accelerates better than everybody else. And on top of that, he does have an ability to to rip off long runs because he has outstanding contact balance. I just have not seen him. I haven't seen him have to read a block. I haven't seen him have to make a quick decision and see his footwork. He just, he just, I've seen enough of him to know that that's just not within his skill set. I don't think that's the type of player he is. I don't think that's the type of player he's going to be. And I would hope an NFL team that picks him won't force him to do something that he's not comfortable at doing. Listen, Ray gave me enough confidence to think that I could run through a hole. So he's he's always welcome on this show. He's wrong. I appreciate you saying I could do it. But unless there is a, a six-pack of donuts or something there, I ain't making it through. But Randy, what you got for this, man? I, I, the question that, I, that I'm going to ask, again, it, it's fit, fit, fit. We too often just see the landing spot because we'll start hearing it, guys. We're, we're very proactive here at the Warzone. We're getting ahead of all this rookie stuff. You know, some other folks will start coming along in February and March, and God bless them for, for what they do. But I, I don't want to start seeing the list of these are the best landing spots for running backs. That's true. Miami's a great landing spot. But not everything's a perfect puzzle piece. And I, I want to make sure that 
Uh, I, I'm getting the, the the right person in the right place. So what's the best landing spot for his game at the next level? And whose job is he taking? Yeah, I, you said Miami. I've seen that floated around quite a bit. And I don't think that's the be- I don't think their offense that we've seen so far is creative enough to use him in a way that fits his skill set. I think he has to go to a team and a coach that is creative with their backs, how they utilize them. And I I think a rock solid landing spot for him would be the San Francisco 49ers. You get him with Kyle Shanahan and the creativity of that offense and Shanahan's ability to put some of these running backs in positions to be successful. I mean, where the hell did Raheem Mostert come from? And he's, you know, he's their top dog. And then they're, they're working Jarek McKinnon in the game. And then they've got Jamichael Hasty, who looked good at times and they're running deep. I, I think that fit. Kyle Shanahan would not line him up in eye formation and just slam it down the middle 16 times a game. He'd find ways to get ETN in space, therefore maximize his production on the NFL field and in turn maximize the return that we can receive in fantasy. So the San Francisco 49ers, that fit with the coach, that fit with the team. I think that'd be perfect for Travis ETN. I love I love that uh, because both I believe both Coleman and McKinnon are free agents to be. I know they just did a, a deal recently with Mostert. They gave him a little bit more money to reward him for a big 2019. He's obviously a key part. And what I like about that is, is it won't be great for redraft season, but it will be excellent for dynasty owners because he'll get off to a slow start. People will get frustrated. See Taylor, comma, Jonathan, and they just won't have the patience. We saw it last year with Miles Sanders. And somewhere around the middle of the season next year, you'll probably be able to buy this guy for 75% on the dollar. And you're going to look back and you're going to love it. So I want him paired up. I love it when young guys are paired up with veterans. Um, now, now we got past the big two. This is a guy who I bet you if you put him on a polygraph test and you <laughs> ask him if he regretted going back to school, he would, he would, it would be anything other than yes would be a lie because this gent, Definitely wished he had came out for the NFL draft between his coaching situation, everything going on in uh, Stillwater, as well as COVID and everything else. This man's Chuba Hubbard. He is at uh, Oklahoma State running back. Who is he? And uh, give us a little bit of info on Chuba. Chuba Hubbard was a player that I was pounding the table for heading into the 2019 season. Heading into 2019, I said he was a top five running back in that class. And uh, in 2019, he led the country in rushing, was a first-team All-American and absolutely smashed 2,000 rushing yards. I mean, it seemed like he was just ripping off long runs left and right. Horrible decision to come back for this redshirt junior season. He produced as a true freshman alongside uh, as a redshirt freshman alongside Justice Hill in that Oklahoma State backfield. He returned kicks. He caught the ball out of the backfield. Uh, I mean, he received over 400 touches last year as a redshirt sophomore, hence the reason I thought that he would come out. But Chuba Hubbard from Canada was a national champion sprinter in high school, two-time national champion sprinter. So he is uh, has uh, – we, we toss the word elite around a lot, but in a straight line, he does have elite speed, was a two-time national champ in high school. So that is who Chuba Hubbard is, is a, is a speedster. Um Six foot one, I think he's about 207 pounds. Maybe it looks like he's about 200, but this season has not gone well for him. And uh, he's definitely hurt his draft stock this year. So before I ask Ray what this man does well, we're going to remember he was a sprinter. 
So when he runs a very good 40 at the combine, we're not going to count that twice because we know that today. So that when he <laughs> confirms that in March, we're going to be like, we knew that. We're not inflating his value artificially by double counting something. So, Ray, what does Chuba do well outside of being fast? What other facets of his game are going to translate well to the NFL level? Now, you know, good and damn well, we could tell people from the mountaintops not to double count it. And as soon as ETN and Chuba Hubbard run a 4-3 or 4-4, you, you know it's going to happen and it's going to frustrate the hell out of us because it just, you know it, right? But we have to say it. Just disclaimer, he's fast. Um, yes, that's what he does well. And I'm just going to be honest with you. That's about all he does well is he runs very fast in a straight line. I mean, he is very, very fast. Um, I'll give him a little more credit. I do think he's he's got a decent feel uh, for zone blocking, and that's what they run at Oklahoma State. They down block, they run a zone, and if you guys aren't familiar with what that means, the linemen just block in a direction, and the running back has to read those blocks, and they either make a cut you know, up the A gap, up the B gap, bounce it outside. You, It's Arian Foster. Think about when Arian Foster runs – they just kind of drift to the left and boop, he'll cut it back and, and spring a big run. So that's sort of what they were running at Oklahoma State uh, last year whenever he was very successful. And I think he's he's good at that because that's what he's comfortable doing. And it's it's hitting the open field and running fast. He uh, That's what he does well. And then uh, if we're going to just rain on his parade a little bit and we're going to talk about the things he doesn't do well, I know you're probably going to mention his vision because me, as someone who is not an expert in it, I have not seen anything that suggests this man is exquisite at that, especially if you're going to critique Travis Etienne, then I know Chuba's got a little bit of that coming. So what else you got for him? Yeah, he doesn't, he's, he's not a physical player. He, and listen, I said this, I said this going into the draft last year that Clyde Edwards Elaire, if you ask him to block, you're going to get your quarterback killed. And we've seen it multiple times this season with him trying to pick up a blitz, and he's almost gotten Patrick Mahomes leveled. And a lot of people, oh, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The running back doesn't have to block. What people don't understand is that defense dictates what the running back is going to do. If the defense is blitzing more players than the offensive line has has blockers, then he's going to tell the running back to check. And now you have to block that incoming defensive end or outside linebacker. Like that's just how it goes. Right. And Chuba Hubbard will not block. He is probably worse than Clyde Edwards. Elaire in the blocking format. He does not run with power to be six foot one, 200 plus pounds and to generate the type of hey Memphis, you work out speed equals power, right? To be as fast as he is, he does not play powerful whatsoever he's not running through anybody he's not picking up a block he's not pushing the pile um so that is that is a, an area of his game that is very very concerning for me speed is a byproduct of strength um a bigger muscle can be a faster muscle but you have to be willing that was one thing mm -hmm. we talked about last year though this is a wide receiver but we, that was part of the reason, and the fact that he landed on my favorite team didn't hurt, but that's part of the reason why I liked Michael Pittman Jr. so much mm. last year. Not only will he block, he's a willing blocker and likes taking on contact. And guys, remember, we're getting ready to ask Ray what NFL team do we think he would best mesh with. But remember, no matter what team, you could land in the absolute perfect spot, but if you won't do the job asked of you, you will not get very much work. That That's just, it's true in football. It's true in real life. 
So if you don't block, he may get the first and second down work, but he's not going to be on the field for those precious PPR downs. I believe it was Graham Barfield that said a pass target is worth 2.8 times as much as one rush attempt. And if he's not in there blocking, you know, look at Tom Brady. Um, you know, he's pretty particular. And so, Ray, where would be the best possible scenario for him to land between fit and running style? Hey, before you do that, Ray, my man has shaken his head three times at the prospect of answering that question. You really don't like Chuba, do you? I, I it, it's I do like him. I, I don't dislike him, but this question is so difficult because I, I I mean I've got two teams at the top of my head. One of them he it cancels the the final question that you're going to ask me because he ain't taking that job, and that's Carolina. Um, I, I see him taking a backup job there, but I think the Panthers would be a, a solid fit for him. If if you're talking about a situation where he could actually command some type of workload, I would say the Houston Texans. And, you know, they don't have a pick into the third round, I believe. That's probably where he's going to go. He's probably late second, early third round pick, mid third round pick. Do the Texans really want to invest a third their their first pick in that draft in the running back position? I don't know, but I, I think he could do a better job than what we're seeing from David Johnson, who too, at this point in his career, does not play with much power. At least he can catch the ball. He isn't juking anybody out. I mean, uh, the Texans, but I when I close my eyes and think about Chuba in the NFL, I, I truly see him as a backup for because they're going to have to find Christian McCaffrey some help, some relief, I believe. Um, Mike Davis has done a decent enough job to where I think he might get some kind of two-year deal on the market to go try to be a guy, um, and maybe they're looking for a replacement for him. Uh, I see him as a backup, and and those two spots sort of are, are what come to mind for me. Yeah, and, and just want to remind everybody, we're gonna well, we'll just go ahead and do it now. See, this running back class outside of these top three, and really, it's like a two point five based on this conversation so far. This is why I'm not concerned about James Robinson. This is mm-hmm. why I'm not concerned about Antonio Gibson. I know at least Antonio Gibson's got like I think it was a high third round draft capital, yep. and uh, the Jaguars have no draft capital. But here's the thing. It's not a super deep running back class this year. Like I said, very reminiscent of 2019. So we need to know who these people are. But don't let the fact that there's more rookies coming in sway you off of these guys uh, that, that we hit home runs with last year. All right, Ray, we got two more guys. And, and I hope I pronounce this uh, this, <laughs> next, this next gentleman's name correctly. Uh, Javante Williams, is that correct? Yeah, Javante Williams. Yes, okay, it, it looked like Devante, but with a J. So Javante Williams, running back, North Carolina, another ACC back. Uh, who is this man? Yeah, this is a guy who he's splitting the backfield work right now with another talented rusher. But that other guy, Michael Carter, is a little bit smaller. Doesn't really profile as a traditional, you know, NFL running back that's going to command any kind of significant touches. But all I'm telling you. Just go look up a picture of Javante Williams and the neck size alone. The girth on that neck tells me that he can run the ball. When your neck is wider than your damn head, that that I like that. I like I like good thick necks, and he's got a good thick neck. But um, he is one of the leaders in the country at at broken tackles, right? And not broken tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Broken tackles after contact is initiated past the line of scrimmage. Uh, five foot eleven, two hundred and twenty pounds can catch the ball out of the backfield very, very naturally. Uh, he's got, he's got decent speed. He's not a home run hitter. 
Um, I don't think he's as fast as Najee Harris, but he's not a slow player either. He's a physical runner. He definitely profiles as a three-down back. It's sort of come out of nowhere this year for some people, but if you go back and look at his profile from last season, he was a pretty damn good running back last year for North Carolina as well. Um, The past couple of weeks in college, he's kind of cooled off a bit. I only had three carries last week and then, you know, tough game versus a strong Notre Dame defense. But Williams is a back that I'm very, very high on for uh, this 2021 class. All right. And, and what does he do well? When you when you break down the tape of Mr. Williams, what do you see that's going to translate nicely to the NFL? Power and power in the willingness to want to be physical. There was a play. Um, that was all over Twitter a couple of weeks ago of him blocking and absolutely just destroying somebody on a run for another running back. And when when you've got players like that who can get theirs, but they play within the scheme of the offense and have the physicality to do the dirty shit, to do the dirty work, I like that about him, man. He this kid, this kid is I'm tell he is so powerful. You see the strength, the play strength translates with speed. I love the physicality that he brings to the table. He's a guy that, you know, uh, three or four years in the NFL playing the way he's played in college, you probably ain't going to make it to year five. But for those first three to four years, uh, his ability to break tackles and rip off long runs, chunk plays, phenomenal. Listen, I just looked up that block. (laughs) Yeah. He sent that old boy into next week. Yeah, I love it. Uh, All right. So what – Listen, I've, I've been seeing some of your tweets. You're talking about this man's potentially your RB3. He was creeping in on ETN a little bit because he profiles better for you. You know, what? what's something that we should look at that maybe he struggles at, something that, that you want to see grow maybe? I think that sometimes, and a lot of running backs do this, stop dancing behind the line of scrimmage, all right? You're not you, – you don't have the speed to play around with that. You need to, You need to take what's there, but that's something that can be taught. And that's something that can be learned and developed at the NFL level. Here's the play. Hit the damn hole. If it ain't there, take your yard gain and and call it quits. Sometimes it gets a little cute back there. Wants to dance around, wants to play around. You're 220 plus pounds. Slam it up there. If there's nothing there, live to fight another day. So I think if there's something that he needs to work on and and listen, I don't fault collegiate players for, for doing that. All right. You know, when, when you're the Javante Williams, when you're the Najee Harris's and the Travis Etienne's, I mean, you're like, think about that for a second, fellas. Like you're that good. And you know that you're one of the best players in the country. Of course, you're going to try to do some things sometimes outside of the, the, the scheme of the offense and college coaches for the most part, let you get away with it because who else are they going to put in some rinky dink walk on behind you, you know, but at the NFL level, you need to run what's called, and I think that he will learn that and he will develop that. I see him as a solid NFL contributor. I'm not going to say some elite high-end talent, but, hey, listen, there are only 12 RB1s in, in, in fantasy, man. You got to have RB2s. You got to have RB3s, and, hell, you sometimes you need RB4. So uh, just his patience in playing within the scheme of the offense is something that he, he definitely needs to improve upon. All right. This I don't know that his playing style translates to this team, but what I hear, especially the fact that they've invested in running back the last two years, 
But he sounds like a very blue-collar guy, a badass, a guy who it just feels like he would work well with what's going on in Buffalo with the Buffalo Bills. I don't know that that's the right fit. Uh, is he going to take Singletary and Jerry's man, Zach Moss's job? W- where is he going to fit? Because that feels, because, you know, Josh Allen's an old farm kid from Cal- from Northern California. Hard work, uh, big guy, not afraid to take you on. Man, and, you know, and he's not the biggest dude around, but I think Stefan Diggs has some of that. It just feels like, at least from an attitude standpoint, he would walk into Buffalo on day one and he would have at least the right mentality. Would his game translate? Oh my, it's funny. You say Buffalo, but whenever I was thinking about somewhere for Chuba Hubbard, I was like, Buffalo had popped up in my head, but I think he would fit Buffalo. I think he would fit well with Seattle, depending on what they do with Chris Carson. I think that, you know, a lot of people want to talk about Miami. Uh, I, I do think Najee would fit well in Miami, but I think he's a player that would fit well with Bryant, Brian Flores and Miami is building a very strong defense. I think they want to be this kind of blue collar rough team in the AFC East. So uh, Seattle, depending on what they do with Carson, Miami uh, with Tua and that improved offensive line that they're building or Buffalo. I absolutely love it. At least until I hear what you say about this next man, Mr. Williams just became my RB three in this class. He's ahead of <laughs> he's ahead of Chuba. I like power. Yeah. I like guys that that want to take on the action. We got one more guy to talk about tonight. His name is Kenneth Gainwell. He is a running back out of Memphis. And if you've heard the the school of Memphis, you don't normally think of you know great NFL production, but you actually do. Going clear back to D'Angelo Williams, if I remember correctly, but most recently. We have seen Antonio Gibson, who set the the fantasy world ablaze with his performance in Washington, as well as his former teammate Daryl Henderson Jr. in L.A. with the Rams. Man, what is Mr. Gainwell going to do once he hits the NFL level? Who is he? Hey, don't forget about Tony Pollard, too. We got Tony little, Pollard, he's Tony doing, Pollard, doing well. Should be the starter yeah. in Dallas. Sorry. <laughs> Memphis is like RBU, man, but... um. Yeah, Kenneth Gainwell. So Kenneth Gainwell is a player who opted out this year. So we have not seen him play this season. We're not going to see him play. He's already declared for the 2021 uh, NFL draft. A lot of people talking about Antonio Gibson. He only had 33 carries in college. He was not the feature back, blah, blah, blah. You want to know why he didn't get more carries and why he wasn't the feature back? Is because a redshirt freshman named Kenneth Gainwell ran for over 1,400 yards and almost had 700 receiving yards in Antonio Gibson's final season. So let's let's just think about that for a second. Antonio Gibson, the player that I've seen Christian McCaffrey traded straight up for, was on the bench because this player, Kenneth Gainwell's dominance at Memphis kept him suppressed on the bench. So that, just in a, in a nutshell, the guy who kept Antonio Gibson on the bench, that's who Kenneth Gainwell is. I absolutely love it. I, I heard a lot of buzzwords that I like in there, catching the ball, uh, good producer. What does this young man do well? Oh, I mean, he's he's very good in between the tackles. He's shifty. He's fast. But more so than anything, of, of all of these running backs, he's the best receiving running back in this class. And I do not think the cliche, it's particularly close I mean, his 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 usage in the receiving game is not just quick little dump offs out of the backfield. They lined him up at receiver. He's run a full route inventory. He's got the the speed to pull away from defenders. 
clearly he's got the physicality running between the tackles, rushing for over 1,400 yards. He he does just about everything that you would want very, very well. Mega producer at a young age, and I believe he's going to play his rookie season at 20 years old. I, I believe he'll be 20 years old his entire rookie season or just turning 21. He's a young young player. He's declaring as a redshirt sophomore. So that's how you know he's that he's that good. He's a redshirt sophomore that's declaring for the NFL draft. Just to sort of build upon what this man said about his receiving prowess, this guy had a nine catch, 203 receiving yard game. And he still had a hundred rushing yards in that same game. So this dude is a dog. Yeah. But it, it, what, what, what's it sets him back? Is it is it his size? Is it yeah. Memphis? Is is it that he's he's sitting out for the year? Like, uh, what what's uh, the biggest thing for you? You're yeah. you're not you're not big on sitting out. You don't think that's a big thing? No, to me that doesn't. I mean, what's the difference between him sitting out and a player missing an entire season because they tore their ACL or or they blew their Achilles? I mean, this guy's not. He's not just sitting out at home not doing anything. I would right. I would I would like to assume and give him the benefit of the doubt that he's working his ass off getting ready for his pre-draft process, which I have no problem with that. I think I, I honestly think that was one of the most overblown, ridiculous-ass narratives that I heard about these players not playing this season. Do you think they – these dudes have played football literally their entire lives. Do you think they're going to forget because they didn't play eight games in this COVID-filled season how to run the damn ball or catch the ball? Like that narrative just – Everybody who said that, I just trolled him constantly because it's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But w- one of the things that he he he's going to have a challenge with is his size. Okay, I know that he's listed. If we look him up, they say what does it say? One ninety one something like that. I'm just going to say this: if you look up a picture, there are pictures of him and Antonio Gibson in the backfield at the same time. Antonio Gibson looks like a giant compared to Kenneth Gainwell. He looks like a giant. And if Gainwell, if he's coming into the combine, 188, 190, 191, I'm not saying that kills his NFL value. I think he still will have a role, but his his profile as somebody who's going to handle the ball 15, 20 times out of the backfield week in and week out, I just I, I can't see that happening. He's got good legs. His legs look thick, but 191 pounds is 191 pounds, man. He's just not a just not a big guy, and I think that's a little bit of a problem when you're talking about those three down threats. Yeah, dur- durability concerns would, would be mine if he, he is that small. I don't want a running back who weighs 190 pounds with rocks in his pocket. That that would certainly be a concern. But that doesn't mean that he can't help us on our dynasty rosters. If he's paired up with the right coach, no, I, no, right coach, excuse me. I'm thinking offensive mastermind. I'm 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 thinking of someone who's going to say this is a receiving threat. I can get him on a, in a mismatch. Uh, you know, kind of the way the the Chargers. I don't think they would replace Austin Eckler because he's not a big dude either. Uh, but but who who and where who what would be a good fit and uh, who would he be a good replacement for at the next level? Oh my gosh, are you like in my head right now? Because I don't think the Chargers would replace Eckler either, but I definitely see him uh, having that kind of you know claim to success early in that type of role. But if I had to pick a couple of locations, uh, that would be a great fit. One, and I, I doubt they would even take him. I don't even know what they do with running backs, but the New England Patriots would be a spot. I see him as a, an upgrade. He's a James White plus to me. I think he's a better running back. Than James White. I think he's just as, as competent of a receiver as James White, 
but let's let's flip to a team that we haven't talked about. And I believe I believe that the Arizona Cardinals would be a good fit for him as well, right? If if they brought back Kenyon Drake's not going to command top dollar on the market. So if they bring him back on a on a team friendly deal, let him be that hammer on early downs. You've got Kenneth Gainwell there potentially to replace a Chase Edmonds who may I, I believe his rookie deal is coming up. I'm pretty sure because he was a a third or fourth round pick, so that's a three year deal. I believe that's coming up. If they decide, if Cliff Kingsbury decides to go in another direction, I could see him replacing a Chase Edmonds. And let me just say this: running back, how many times in our fantasy leagues have we been facing James White? And for three and a half quarters, James White did absolutely nothing. He's got two points against you. You think you're going to win? And on the final two drives, James White catches six passes for 68 yards and a touchdown. And boom, he's a damn RB1 and you lose your damn fantasy matchup because he just caught six balls for 60 yards on the final two drives of the game. Uh, I mean, that's what PPR does. That's what these pass catching running backs. That's why we, you know, a lot of people are still weary on the Derrick Henrys and the Nick Chubbs because in two minute drills and four minute offenses, those players aren't on the field. And it's easy to check down to the running backs when the defenses are playing back. So I do believe that he's got sneaky, sneaky upside, even if he's not a traditional three down bell cow. I was thinking, like I said, uh, I had my, you know, and he's the kind of guy, I mean, Darren Sproles is another name we could throw out there, a blast from the past, who, when, when used properly, you know, and this is the thing, you know, we could translate this to quarterbacks or whatever. Well, we talked about Jalen Hurd earlier in the open. It's that when you're in a situation where a coaching staff maximizes what you can do versus what they want you to do is when you see true success, and not only in the NFL, but in life. So if, if he were, and you said Arizona, my eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. This guy lines up in the backfield and all of a sudden he motions out to the slot and he gets matched up on a linebacker. You know, if, if, you know, that kind of speed and those pass catching skills, he'll turn a linebacker inside out and can take one for a, a healthy gain at times. And I, I'm just seeing offensive weapon plus with a mind like Cliff. Kingsbury in Arizona but there you go guys there are five running backs to put on your radar going into this offseason yeah I know it's only mid-December I know the playoffs are starting this weekend and you know what I don't care we've done that work that work's done Jerry where's the hay that's in the barn man hay's at the barn Jerry learned that saying last week now Ray's from Texas he's probably heard hay's in the barn before but uh, we are just getting started with this. We're going to be back next week with another special guest. We are going to be covering wide receivers. We're going to do another 5 by 5 to get you familiar with. But, Ray, I got two things I need from you before I let you get back to your football and your family. Number one is call your shot. Give us a, a small school guy, just a name to remember, to keep on our radar for this draft class. Um, so that way, when he winds up on a roster somewhere, we're like, Oh, yeah, Ray on the war zone. He mentioned so-and-so. And then we mentioned all the podcasts that you're on. But I need, to, <laughs> I need to know. I need to know about the Patreon. I need to know about the all-gas Patreon and what you all got going on over there. Take it away, sir. All right. I'm calling my shot here right now, and I'm putting names attached to this. This year's version of James Robinson. James Robinson. This player will be drafted, but it's going to be on day three. Elijah Mitchell, the running back from Louisiana, five foot 11, 220 pounds, can catch the ball of the backfield, productive as a sophomore, over 1,100 yards as a junior, and producing here in his senior season. And I know yards per carry is not the best stat that there is, 
but he's averaged over six yards to carry his entire career at Louisiana while being the bell cow running back there. Player who has been invited to the senior bowl. He's got the size, profiles as a three-down threat. Elijah Mitchell, this year's version of James Robinson. All right, now about that all gas, what's up? What's good? <laughs> so patreon.com forward slash all gas. Uh, that's sort of where um, my content is. I've got a Devi database there that I have uh, rankings for the 2021 class, 2022 class, 2023 class, as well as my cornerstone rankings, which combine three years worth of uh, NFL draft classes, 2019, 2020, 2021, Rank those guys to let you know where I have those guys uh, valued in Dynasty. We're starting off our prospect film series this week with uh, Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU. Fantastic Discord channel over there. All kinds of cool stuff, man. Just uh, giveaways, giving away a signed DK Metcalf jersey this week just for members of of the squad, the all-gas army over there. So a uh, lot of fun over there. Uh, you guys know, man, this is – and I just want to say this before I get out of here, man. This is a lot of work, what we do, this this podcast thing, taking time away from family, from friends. I've actually, one of the, 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 the biggest projects that I'm working on that I'm really proud of has nothing to do with fantasy football, but I've been documenting um, this process of content creation. You know, you want to be a fantasy analyst, you want to monetize your work. I've just been recording different things that I'm doing all kinds of times in the night that I'm up. And hopefully after the draft season, I'll release sort of a compilation of what all this is about to kind of show people what we put into doing this and how much time it actually takes to be good at what we do, or at least be decent. You know, none of us are really good, but hell, some of us are just better than others. That's really what it boils down to. So I'm working on that project. But um, uh, yeah, if you want to check me out, just hit me up on Twitter, man. And I just want to tell you guys truly a Trust me, there are a lot of people that I just tell no. Like, I ain't doing it. I ain't got time to do a podcast. I got other shit that I got going on. Y'all are awesome. I respect what you do. So thank you for having me on the show. And I love this five for five thing, man. This was this was kind of dope. If I steal it, uh, just know I will, I will give you credit. I will put the citation in there and say I got it from you because this is dope. I will give you credit. Well, th- thank you so much for that. Yeah, and, and Ray's right. The, the Patreon guys, you know, we would all love to work for Fox Sports or ESPN <laughs> or, or anyone that, that paid a full-time salary to do it. But a lot of lunch hours, a lot of uh, late nights, a lot of, uh, you know, I do my uh, my gambling show, my prop cast for Saturdays. That starts with my entire lunch hour sitting in my truck and, you know, you know, writing down those early props so I can spend a couple of hours, you know, researching, you know, what's good, what's bad, wh- where to put your money. And, and like I said, it's it's a lot of work. But, Ray, thank you so much for taking your time to jump on here and educate us. And, guys, you're going to hear something very special at the end of today's podcast. This is a man who knows what he's talking about. He is not throwing buzzwords at you. He is not throwing out things that make him sound smarter than he is. Okay, there's a lot of people doing a lot of great content out there. But I've only got so much time to filter through so much. So I know Ray. I trust Ray. I use Ray's work to help me build out my rookie rankings and my draft boards. If you're not following him, you are doing your teams a disservice. And check out that Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Ray, thank you so much for jumping on with us, my friend. I always appreciate your time. And let me just say this real quick for everybody out there talking about the Patreon. Trust me, because we see the back end stuff. The money is good. We appreciate it, but 
it ain't all that. So please support <laughs> because Patreon, they are going to take their cut. So please, we, we need the support of people like you that are listening. <laughs> truly. You got that right. Ray, man, thanks for jumping on with us. We'll, uh, we'll catch you around the group chats and Twitter. Thank you guys. Always good. All right. Take care, man. All right, guys. That's one of the good people in the industry. His name is Ray Garvin. You can find him on Twitter at Ray G Q. Now, if you stuck around this long, we are going to do the intro to the show. If you're watching live on YouTube with us, we're going to do that going forward. And here's why. We are going to do that going forward to respect the time of guys like Ray, of all of our guests. Get a minute out of here, man, 30, 40 minutes. And then Jerry and I can jump back and do our 15, 20 minutes of intro instead of having these poor guys sitting in the lobby waiting for us to flap our gums about our Patreon and whatever. But hey, here we go. Hey, what's going on, Patreon? Man, that big bet has been working out well for me. Being able to hit up Dr. Kyle and his DMs. We're on a synchronized schedule. It's crazy. Every time I'm about to message him, he's about to message me. But uh, being able to bounce those ideas off of him and then being able to reach out to Memphis. Typically, I just do it directly to the him personally instead of a DM. But, man, I've grown in, what, five weeks of doing the sports betting. And the big bets helped. I'm able to formulate my own opinions. I do like some of the ones that they have, but listening to them and reading some of the lines and doing my own little research, I'm starting to kind of understand the ins and outs, sports betting, um, and it's going real well. Last week, I went 5-2 and two on my bets. Um, I hit a couple big parlays. One of the ones was Miami that I talked about with Dr. Kyle as soon as the opening lines came in. So uh, big bets where it's at. Patreon, you guys are great. Appreciate everything. Doing analysis on what, is that draft analysis you're doing? No, I mean when I you thought say he could have been a bust. What does that mean? I, because I I thought he was a borderline starting running back, and he's put up some really good numbers this year. He has exceeded expectations. How many different plays did you watch on the All Twenty Two to assess that as a scout? I just looked at his yards per rush overall, and that he's above average. And in, in, and and a lot of times Pittsburgh runs the ball in obvious running situations, and he still put up good numbers. Socrates once said, "You can write this down, Steve." A man who knows what he doesn't know, knows a lot. You do not know scouting. Please don't try to scout bus or anything like it. Fair enough. That's the danger of trying to be happy. And this is what the radio guys do. I'm not going to name any names. But this is what the radio guys do. Tell me if you can recognize this. Oh, his arm. Oh, you see his mobility in the pocket. What they do is they pick up a few phrases. A few of these kind of scout phrases. If it was NBA, it'd be wingspan. Hmm. And they sprinkle them in, and it's like a little infection. It's like an infestation of termites in their brain. Because what happens is you stop knowing what you know, and you start thinking, maybe I should scout this. You know what I think? The time I do the worst in anything is when I try to adopt something, and I'm not ready for it yet. I just know it an inch deep. I start interspersing it into what I typically do. Oh, that's dangerous. What are better supposed to do with new systems? You're supposed to have a year of live betting in which there's no money at stake, but you're tracking it, right? Even if you backfit data, you're supposed to leave a year or whatever time you need left to test it from there 
it, and it simulates that. Exactly. That's a great point. So if you if you go back, go back, don't go back six years, go back four years. Hey, this is a winning system. Then go back the last two years and see if it actually. So how worked. does that happen if you're picking up things live? It doesn't. Mm. So I don't want to hear. If you want to go to scouting school, and this is what I always tell all the wannabe scouts, right? Call up your local NFL team. I'm talking about these national radio guys, local, whatever. Call if you were a former scout. I trust you. All right, you got it. But if you're not, call up the local team and say, "I want to scout for you, pro bono. All I need is access to the facility. I'm going to show and." Obviously, if it's going to be some video thing on Twitter, maybe they let a big name in there. Give them another name. Just say you're Jim Smith from uh, KK or uh, KLM in, in Los Angeles or whatever. I don't even know if that's a station. <laughs> I'm just making up numbers or letters. And see if they let you in. You know what? They will, they'll hang up on you because they've got people that actually been in football 30 years doing this. But somehow these people go, come on air and they start talking about being a scout. Because they're talking arm strength and mobility. You don't know. I promise you, you don't know. What do you think of all that, Jonas? Uh, yeah, I try and stay away from that stuff. You and, do? Uh, and and, and I, my old approach is, and I've noticed this a lot, especially with sports betting, 